This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we can go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show at Locked On Rockets, and at Apollo HOU. Now, joining us today is a very special guest, host and reporter for AT&T Sportsnet Southwest and the courtside reporter for your Houston Rockets, Kaylee Griffin. How's it going, Kaylee? Jackson, I am good. Can't believe we are almost done with this quote unquote all-star break. It feels like we were just going. So the break went by quick as the season is going by quick. I can't believe we're halfway through, but excited to get games going again this week and excited for basketball to be back. Aren't we all? I mean, you know, basketball is just such an important part of of my life as it is your life, as it is so many people's lives. I'm definitely a different person when basketball season is uh, in full swing versus when I'm not. I've joked before that I have like uh, seasonal affective disorder and I'm actually like a much like just like depressed when basketball isn't around. It's such a big part of who I am in my life. Um, So I want to start things off and, you know, I guess kind of just some big news right out of the gate and we'll address this. And then I want to, you know, get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. Let our listeners get to know you a little bit, kind of your background and where, where you kind of came from. But first things first is, were you taken aback at all by the Rockets decision to, to move on from Mason Jones? Cause I think that's been kind of the big story the last couple days here with the, with that news breaking. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, I, I think what, what hurts, from my standpoint for for Mason at least was that he didn't actually get to go down to the G League bubble now if this was the decision that the team has chosen to go with um you know we were excited about him and what he could bring to this team and he had some really great games for the Rockets during that spurt where we were really struggling to find healthy bodies and, and he was a bright spot and of course being a rookie in this league we were excited to see what he could bring and so um there was the initial excitement that he was not going to the G league and that he had earned his time with the big club. And now I'm almost a little disappointed that he didn't go down to the G league for the bubble, just because if this was the plan and seeing him now waved with the team and kind of the unforeseen of what his future is going to look like, at least he would have had the opportunity to have exposure to the other NBA teams while he wasn't really getting the playing time with the Rockets. So uh, to to be determined what happens with him, but um, I was definitely disappointed to see that news come out yesterday. I, I think he had been a, a real bright spot, obviously a really hard worker in his time here in Houston, and uh, I'm definitely hoping for the best for Mason as he continues in his career. 
I agree with everything that you just said, you know, and it really feels like he was kind of caught in that awkward position where the Rockets needed bodies. He had started playing really well when he did have minutes, then everybody kind of gets healthy and he gets relegated more so towards the end of the bench. Unfortunately, doesn't get that chance that we're seeing with uh, young, exciting uh, Kevin Porter Jr. down there torching in the G League bubble. Uh, so, you know, it, it kind of feels like a lost opportunity, unfortunately, for Mason. But like you, you know, wishing him the best moving forward. Um, and that's probably something that I'll continue to hash out on this on this very podcast uh, in, in coming days and weeks uh, with, with other guests and even myself on some of the solo shows. But Kaylee, I, I want to know, first off, just how did you get your start in broadcasting? And when did you maybe have that light bulb moment where you were like, yeah, I, I can really see myself doing this as a career? So I grew up in a sports family. Both my parents were division one collegiate athletes. My mom played basketball at Providence where I went and my dad played college football at Colgate. And so sports was kind of the thing in my family. I'm the oldest of three girls. So we were always in every sport possible. You name it, we, we were trying it. But basketball was a sport I had played since I was in third grade and grew up in it, was on the AAU circuit, really being pushed in that direction when it came to going to college. And for me, probably around my senior year of high school is I, I started interning at my local newspaper back in Connecticut. Uh, after practice, I would go take the phone calls from the high school coaches and write up the little sports blurbs in the newspaper, which people don't get as much anymore, but I loved <laughs> it at the time. It was just, I, I just couldn't get enough of it. And it was such a small piece, but I was like, wow, I could really see myself getting into this. I knew sports was something I wanted to continue to be a part of my career moving forward. Um, I was recruited for basketball and volleyball. And I just, I knew I was done. And it was, I think, a little disappointing for my family to some extent, but um, I had a lot of things that I wanted to do in college. I had an idea that this was a career path I wanted to pursue. I wanted to go abroad. And there was just a, a bunch of things that I wanted to, to do in college that I felt that I probably wouldn't be able to do if I was continuing to play sports. My sister was a division three basketball player. And even at the division three level, you give up your whole college career essentially to play the sport and I knew I had other things that I wanted to do so I went to Providence College in Rhode Island and um, it was there that I kind of found my passion for it uh, we didn't have communications as a major at all so it was kind of on myself to forge my own path and of course we have one of the all-time great female broadcasters that come from our school in Doris Burke so she kind of set the path and uh, to look at her and see her success of course as not only me but many females and males in this industry look to her and her success and so to see her come from Providence was a huge inspiration to me and I just I had a ton of internships when I was in college probably six or seven internships really oh, wow <laughs> Yeah, a ton. A lot of behind the scenes. I worked for Fox Sports, NBC. Um, of course, I was fortunate. I, I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut, so I was about 45 minutes from New York City. So I had easy access to get to all these places and experience these things. So I was really involved with a lot of internships, um, a morning show in Providence, just kind of getting my feet wet in all aspects. And then when I graduated, um, I started working as a part-time live stream production assistant at NBC Sports. They're based in Stanford, Connecticut, and I was working on Premier League soccer at like four in the morning. So not glamorous <laughs> at all, but again, it was just like, get your feet in the door, make those connections, yeah, meet of those course. people. And um, I always really try to tell college students when I'm talking to them, like it's all about who you know and the experiences you're able to 
to garner while you're in school and right after college is don't say no to those opportunities because you just never know what's going to happen. And around that time, uh, the Big East launched was launching a digital network. And I went to a Big East school, proud Big East alum. And I just emailed them on a whim, honestly, and was like, hey, my name is Kaylee. I just graduated in May. I saw you're launching a digital network. How can I get involved? Can I get involved in any way? Here's my reel, here's my resume. I will help in any way that I can. And they kind of brought me in because they really didn't know what they were doing either. It was their their <laughs> brand new launch. And um, I was going in like two times a week, editing all their digital content, but it got me involved with the conference. And then they let me do some on-air stuff. And then I was able to work on their digital broadcast and it just kind of kept growing and and i was there for two years and was planning on going back for a third and i had the opportunity to go to the spurs and that kind of came up about in a crazy way too i was just watching a summer league game on television in july of what was the year 2016 i think and um the Spurs were on and I Googled San Antonio Spurs and their digital reporter job was open that day. It was posted that day. And it was kind of like a weird fake wow. thing I felt. Yeah, it was really weird. But again, it was like using the connections I had made over the years and they flew me down. I ended up getting that job and I was there for two years. And um, unfortunately, after two years there, they ended up cutting the position. And that's something that I kind of <laughs> try to tell people to, and I, I at first didn't tell anybody because it was one of those situations where at 24, 25, I, you kind of, you don't know how to react to it. Right. And I was mm. from Connecticut, moved my life down to San Antonio and all of a sudden it was taken away. And there's not really anything else in San Antonio. If we're going to be honest in terms of the sports world, like it's the Spurs and that's really it. And so it wasn't like there were endless opportunities there for me. And I ended up moving back home. But at the time it was kind of something that I, I didn't really want to talk about, but I like to talk about it now in terms of just letting people be aware that this is the nature of this industry for better or for worse. And I'm almost glad that it happened to me early on in my career that I experienced it and am now aware. So I wouldn't be as shocked as, as terrible as it sounds, but it's the understanding of like, okay, this is the reality of the industry sometimes is the jobs are there and sometimes they're not there and they can get taken away in a second. So, um, they had just made cuts and they cut my position and it was nothing personal. And I have incredible relationships with the people at that organization still. And they've, helped me tremendously in my career moving forward. So it's just one of those things that happened. And I moved back home, freelanced for a bit, picking up gigs anywhere I could in the Northeast. And um, I ended up getting in on a opportunity with the Cleveland Cavaliers kind of late in the game. They had already really decided on who they were hiring, but they liked me a lot too. And they kind of created a role for me. So it was one of those situations where I was like, all right, we're going to Cleveland now. Like this is, <laughs> this is the opportunity that's coming up. And we're going to go there. And um, so I was in Cleveland for a year and I met some incredible people. Um, it was a, a really big learning process for me coming from the Spurs, which is like the, the organization you think of stability, right? And how they operate and how they've been for so long. And then the Cavs were coming off LeBron leaving for LA and it was, whoa, just so different. Um, but it was good for me because I got to see a totally different organization and how they operate. And uh, I learned a lot there too. And then at the end of that year, I was working summer league. I had worked with the league in Vegas and I was planning on coming back. And I, the opportunity came up here in Houston and I had the chance to interview. I was a, 
strangely enough had happened to be in Italy when I got the call that I was going to get an audition. My sister was abroad and I was there with my whole family. Okay. I was trying to like restructure my flights to fly from Italy to Houston to make the audition. And they were like, we can move it to Monday. You don't have to change. My <laughs> so I flew, but I ended up flying still from Rome to Houston, 26 hours, kind of running on adrenaline for my audition. And I ended up getting it, packed up, moved to Houston, and then was here um, about three days before my first broadcast. So it was a whirlwind. Um, but I do like to share my story a little bit because I think when I was like first hired here, people were like, oh, she's just switching teams. Like she came from the Spurs, then she was in Cleveland and no one really understood how it happened. And yeah. so, cause I don't broadcast it like that either. Right. So um, gracious for my time in San Antonio, Unfortunately, they just made cuts and my position was gone. And then I was kind of like a second tier hire in Cleveland. And again, grateful for my opportunities there. But when I had this opportunity presented to me, it was something that I couldn't pass up for my career. So um, I'm not a team hopper. That's not my goal here. <laughs> I, it was just, this was an opportunity that I was dreaming of, like truly a dream opportunity for me. So, um, and now I've been here for the last year and a half, almost two years. So it's been a, it's been a, an adventure to say the least. Look, look, Kaylee, as long as we don't ever see you representing in any capacity, the Golden State Warriors or the Utah Jazz, I think we're good. So just, I'm sorry, but I'm for good. your career, you've got to just, just X those teams off. There's 20, there's 20 minus the Rockets. There's 27 other teams out there. Okay. Those ones are okay. But those two have got to be off limits. Are we clear? Totally clear. I, I hope <laughs> to never work for honestly another team. Like that was never the goal. It just happened that way. I'm um, very happy here in Houston, and uh, it's been a great experience so far. And and we love having you here in Houston. It's been amazing having you as our courtside reporter. You do a phenomenal job, and, and that's that's why we're sitting down, having this discussion today, getting a chance for the, the diehard Rockets fans who listen to this very podcast to get to know you a little bit better since they know you through their television set, through their live streams, and now they get to hear a little bit about you and your background. And kind of following along that same train, I really want to know you know, coming up in just a moment, I want to ask you kind of about what it's been like to be a woman working in sports media. And we're going to get there in just a quick moment after a message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, whereas rockauto.com's prices are the exact same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. You always get the lowest possible prices, rather than you know them changing around their prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything, and I mean everything, that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure, this is the important part, be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting with Rockets courtside reporter, reporter, wow, I'm stumbling over my words in front of a professional reporter, how dare I, <laughs> courtside reporter Kaylee Griffin. Kaylee, so kind of where I want to go with this segment and kind of really focus in on is, you know, you mentioned, you know, 
Doris earlier, and of course she's a legend. But you know, you know, including her potentially besides her, you know, I want to know who do you look up to, or maybe who has influenced you the most as a reporter broadcaster throughout your career. Yeah, well, Doris is definitely number one for me. Um, again, I mentioned the Providence connection, but she has just been a mentor in so many ways. She has been someone that I can pick up the phone and shoot her a text right now. And she'll give me a call in within five minutes, which is crazy. Like oh, I, wow. I have those, those moments where I'm like, Oh my God, Doris is calling me. Whoa, <laughs> weird. Um, but it's very special and I'm very grateful. And I think everyone that's gotten to know her over the years has the same kind of message in that, in that sense is that she's just so down to earth, so normal. And she wants to help kind of the next generation of women that are coming up in the industry. Uh, I have to say, honestly, like the sisterhood I felt in the NBA is really special. Um, there are so many reporters from those at ESPN and TNT, and then of course the other courtside reporters around the league that I think we all kind of have a, a unique relationship in terms of understanding what we have all gone through and the kind of the roller coaster of the season. And so I have a really great relationship with them. And I know I've talked to Julia Morales at the Astros, and she feels the same with uh, the reporters in Major League Baseball. So it's I, I look up to a lot of the women that I work next to in this industry, especially in the NBA. Uh, they've all been incredibly helpful, but I, I can't say, I can't say that there's somebody else in terms of, um, you know, we wouldn't be here without the support of our male colleagues as well. And so I like to also bring that up because although the sisterhood is so strong, like I work with so many incredible males from my producer, director, Bull, Bill, Craig, they support me every day. And I'm incredibly lucky for that as well, because they give me those opportunities and they trust me as well. And to just have the confidence of the men that I work with, knowing that they trust me and have confidence in me means so much. And for my growth too, as a broadcaster and what I can bring to the games. I love that. And I, 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 it's such, that's such a well thought out answer, Kaylee. I really appreciate the insight on that. And, you know, just to kind of, I guess, build on that, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, this is an industry that is, is largely, you know, male dominated. And so to, to know that you're in a position right now and, and, you know, historically have had, you know, the support of, you know, many of your male counterparts, that's a great thing to hear. But I, I want to kind of dive a little bit further and just know, you know, are there, any challenges that you faced being a woman in sports media where you look back and you're like, yeah, that, that kind of sucked. Or, you know, I wish this situation had gone a little bit differently, or maybe some experiences that you've been, that you've had shared with you over the years. Yeah. I, I, without a doubt, there's no question. And it's funny because I think just recently I was on a zoom and I took a second and I quite literally realized that I was the only female on the zoom. And I, I don't even think about it because it's just my job. So I'm just going to work and that's what I do. And, um, you know, maybe it's different right now in Zooms. Usually there's another woman, maybe one or two when we're actually in the locker room. But for the most part, I'm really one of, if not the only one. And even, I think it becomes even more prevalent when we get on the team plane. And besides um, the PR director for the Rockets, the two of us are sometimes the only females on the plane. And that's when you kind of realize you're like, oh, okay, this is, yeah, like you are in a unique position. And even post game, I can think of places. I mean, I, after the game in the locker room, I'll be running around the bottom floor of whatever arena we're in 
trying to find somewhere where I can change before we get on the bus to go on the plane because it's just not really like the norm down there. And I, I can't tell you how many times Keith Jones like found a coach's locker room that was open that he could throw me in there so I could quick change just so we could before we get on the bus and the plane. So um, I think we're growing and I think that it's a lot more prevalent to see women in these roles and we're getting there. There's still work to be done, but I think we're, we're getting to the point where it is more normal. Um, I do feel like when you listen to a broadcast, usually the female is criticized the most and really critiqued the most in terms of what she's saying. And I'm well aware of that, but I'm also really confident in my preparation for the game. I'm on all the Zoom calls right now. I'm usually at every practice, at every shoot around. I make sure that I feel like I'm the most prepared person when I come into a broadcast because I know that that is kind of the the view from the viewers. And uh, for better or for worse, that's who I'm broadcasting to is the viewers at home. And, and they're the ones that are kind of critiquing me. And I want them to be like, wow, she's really good. And she knows what she's talking about. Um, but it's also kind of a thing with the players too. I mean, big part of my role is them getting comfortable with me. And obviously this season is really tough. They have a lot of our team hasn't gotten to meet me once. And I really rely on them getting comfortable with seeing me around and being on the plane and realizing that I'm one of them. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to protect them in terms of the questions that I'm asking in a game. I'm not going to yeah. put them in a bad spot as a broadcast partner with the team, but I don't have that opportunity this year. So it's, it's a little bit different. Um, but that's part of also just, I mean, even from last season, I really wanted to show these guys that, Hey, you're going to be safe with me, but also I'm going to talk about the, the ins and outs of this game and that I wanted to show my knowledge of the game as well. So they're like, okay, we trust her, but also she gets it and she's really smart and gets the game. So we're going to be in a good position with her. And I, I felt like I really did get that respect from the guys last season. So it's growing, it's coming along, um, but there are challenges along the way too. And it, you know, the things that actually bother me the most are not even usually in the industry because I feel like the NBA, we have a lot of support in the league. You know, you're seeing the female assistant coaches, you're seeing the refs, you're seeing the people in the organizations and broadcasters as well, but it's more of the casual fan. I'll be with like my guy friends talking about the NBA or the Rockets even specifically, and they'll talk to like each other and they won't come to me. And I'm like, hello, oh. I literally cover this team every day. And that probably irks me even more. So I don't know if we'll ever get there, but I I do see the growth and I see the, the progression and um, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for those who have come before me as we're celebrating Women's History Month, who have paved the way, who have allowed me to be in this role. And I'm honestly grateful for the Rockets and AT&T for trusting me with this job because I know that there were a lot of people that wanted it and I'm so grateful for it every day. And I hope that I just continue every day to bring the same level, level of enthusiasm and knowledge that I know that I want to bring. Well, just, you know, you talk about wanting to, you know, do right by the, the, the viewers, right? You know, they're the ones that are ultimately critiquing you from somebody who hasn't missed a game in literally years, you know, let me just, I, let me reassure you. And I, I feel like I can speak for, uh, you know, all of the listeners of this, this very show and, and many Rockets fans themselves that your, you know, your preparation, all of that, it bleeds through the broadcast. We see that we understand, and we appreciate the, the energy, the passion that you bring to this role. It's, you know, it's just, it's incredible. It really is. Kaylee. So I just, I have to give you your, your, your props where I can. Um, 
And I want to know, I was waiting as you were kind of reeling off, uh, you know, your, your points there a moment ago. I was waiting to see if you were going to name drop the, uh, are, are you excited for the the all-women's broadcast taking place on the 24th for the Raptors? Isn't that such a cool thing that they're getting ready to do? Oh, I am so excited. Well, first, thank you, Jackson. That was very kind of you to say, but I am so excited for it. You know, actually, the Timberwolves did it, I think, two years ago, but it was kind of flew under the radar because mm-hmm. I've seen a, a number of teams have done, you know, obviously the Nets have Sarah Kustak as their analyst full time and other other teams have used female analysts throughout. But to see it really be spotlighted the way the Raptors have done it, I think is really, really cool. Megan McPeak, I haven't worked with her, but I've heard her work before. She's really talented. She was their G League play by play. Now the G League play by play in the for the Wizards team. So um, I think it's going to be really cool, really special. Um, obviously I don't think anyone's expecting something like that full time, but to just see the opportunity and to see the Raptors spotlight that I think is amazing. And I think it's really cool for, uh, especially a, a female play by play talent who honestly, they just don't get a lot of opportunities to be able to have that chance is going to be amazing. Representation matters, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, Kaylee, uh, we, we've got we, we've got to talk some rocket stuff. And that, that's yeah. absolutely where we're going in this very next segment. We, we're going to get some of Kaylee's thoughts on the current team and answer a few of your Twitter questions in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all going strong, and we've got MLB right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head over to the website and use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. So again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting with Kaylee Griffin. And Kaylee, let's go ahead and get straight into it. Uh, you know, this Rockets season, look, there's been some ups, some downs. There's been a lot. It feels like we've we've had you know enough drama for two seasons jam packed into half of a season. But I, I just let's let's just try and go silver lining here. Let's take this and we'll say what was to you the best moment from the first half of the Rocket season. The best moment. Um, I think the win streak we were on for a while was a great positive moment for us, especially after everything that went down with the James Harden trade. I think the brightest game for us was honestly that win against the Spurs after the trade when we had eight available players. Um, the emotions were so high. It was so fresh. Really didn't know how the team was going to respond. And to see them go into San Antonio and get that win was so huge. I was actually at the desk that night with Calvin, and he was so excited. And it was just one of those things where – we didn't know what the heck it was going to look like. Right. And we didn't know how the heck the team was going to respond and they left it all out there. And that was really awesome. And it was their first road win of the season. Steven Silas was so happy. And I think those are the positive moments that we're going to be looking for in the second half of the season too, is where are those bright spots? Um, I don't think we're expecting to get a high seed in the playoffs. Can we be competitive? Sure. I think we really can when guys are healthy, but there's so much unknown because 
so much of this team was unhealthy in the first half of the season that we never even had a real chance to see what the team could have been. So, yeah, um, yeah, that those were some of my first half bright spots for sure. And I guess just, you know, to, to build on that, who, I guess, out of the, the current crop of the team, who, I guess, surprised you the most or stood out to you the most, you know, coming into the season, you know, obviously we have these expectations for some of the guys on the team. And um, now that the team has a bunch of guys who want to be here, um, just got to throw in those those John Wall jabs where I can. <laughs> but, um, you know, now that the team is, you know, has had a level of consistency, I say consistency, obviously the lineup issues, guys in and out, but of the guys who are currently here, who has surprised you the most so far? I think the the person I was surprised by the most was Jay Sean Tate, honestly, really simply for the fact that I didn't know what to expect from him. I mean, even at the beginning of the season, we were requesting interviews with players so we can do some features for Rockets All Access. And I didn't put Jay Sean Tate down because I had no idea who he was. I knew he came from the NBL and he wasn't in my top eight interviews for at the start of the season because I didn't know if he was going to play. I, we didn't have any expectations for him, right? Mm -hmm. So to see the way he impacted this team from the start and has continued to impact this team on both ends of the floor, I think is tremendous. Um, I think his future is very bright, obviously. And Coach Silas has a lot of trust in him and his confidence is certainly there. So I'm excited for Jay Sean Tate. He surprised me the most. It was funny because we kind of had these conversations among the broadcasters before the season. And I was telling everyone to watch out for David Nwaba because I worked with him in Cleveland and I saw his potential there. And I couldn't believe that Cleveland actually let him go because I was like, wow, this guy is great on both ends of the floor. Of course, he's coming off the Achilles injury. So there's some questions there, but his performance has not surprised me because I was, that was my guy from the beginning. I was like, Dave Noir was going to be great for this team. Just watch. And he's been great. And losing him for the next five or so weeks is going to be certainly tough. But um, I, I think when I uh, compartmentalize that he's, he just tore his Achilles last December and he's still, it's never a question if he was going to be in or out, which is so crazy to me. Like he was always giving it on both ends of the floor. Um, so those are probably my two guys that I was like, you know, I expected from Dave Noir, but didn't know how he's going to respond from his Achilles tear. And then Jay Sean Tate just, we didn't know who Jay Sean Tate was. Those two, I agree 110% there. You know, I've, I've reiterated, you know, similar thoughts and feelings multiple times on the show. Just, you know, Jay Sean Tate and David Nwaba, the energy that they give on a nightly basis, the way that they play, the passion that they play with every single night, really bringing it, really hustling, doing all the dirty work, uh, you know, tag teaming the offensive rebounds. I remember there were a couple games, you know, you look down the box score and you see, oh, Tate has three or four offensive rebounds and Nwaba's got three or four offensive rebounds. Like, imagine having to deal with that on a nightly basis, you know, so during the, uh, obviously the losing streak has been a bit of a bummer, but during the losing streak, there's been, you know, moments that we can highlight where like, well, hey, it wasn't all bad because look at this guy like right. you know this is incredible and that's what I've been trying to highlight and showcase you know on this very show just kind of pointing out hey it's not all bad there's some silver linings here and Jay Sean Tate and David Nwaba have actually absolutely been a pair of uh, bright spots during this this stretch but as we're kind of cleansing our palate of the first half of the season and getting ready to prepare for the second half what are you most looking forward to in this second half of the rocket season I am most looking forward to hopefully having healthy bodies like that is all I want in this second half of the season right <laughs> you and me both want, I just want to see what this team could look like if everyone on our roster was actually healthy and we didn't have to change the starting lineup every other game I just want to 
you know, I think the expectations now, we, we aren't expecting a playoff team, but I want to see what, what could happen if Christian Wood is healthy for the remainder of the season and John Wall looks good and we saw him finally play a back-to-back and that's a really good sign. And uh, Victor Oladipo too, we, we saw spurts, but if we could put it all together, that's what I'm just waiting for. And I think that's what the fans are really waiting for is because we saw the win streak after the James Harden trade and everyone was so high on this team. We were talking about the next big three here in Houston and it was just, there was so much excitement around what could be for this new group. And then in a matter of the Memphis game, Christian Wood goes down and then it's like a ripple effect of everyone getting hurt. Can't keep guys in Eric Gordon's dealing with the knee injury Uh, it's just I hope that the rest of the season the team can remain fingers crossed relatively healthy enough that we could really get a good feel for what this group can do together because I don't think we got to see that over the last 13 games so I I almost feel like it was an unfair assessment of this team because we barely could play games with sometimes just eight available players that's crazy And, you know, I was I was kind of teeing you up because I thought that was going to be a a very easy segue into Kevin Porter Jr., but he's absolutely going to be part, you know, the the health element is is so crucial. And I appreciate you for for highlighting that. Um, And hopefully there, you know, there will be ample opportunity as well for Kevin Porter Jr. and K.J. Martin Jr. uh, after their success in the G League to get some reps, you know, back at the NBA level. We already kind of saw briefly what K.J. Martin was capable of. Um, I will never ever forget the block on Mount Boban that oh. that was incredible his defensive ability is off the charts absolutely I, I think um having him obviously he's super young he's coming off an ankle injury and I think he's still dealing with that ankle injury so to be determined when we see KJ Martin back um and again I I think he's a player that coach Silas is going to monitor again because he's 19 I think he just turned 20 years old so he's young doesn't really have the NBA experience like Kevin Porter Jr. has so I'm interested to see how they integrate KJ Martin into this team but yeah I'm I think we're all really excited to see Kevin Porter Jr. it's funny because I was trying to remember last year when I saw the Cavs, because I remember seeing a game where KPJ just lit it up and it was against us. It was yep. literally against us. <laughs> yep. And I was like, oh, that is why I remember it so clearly is because he torched us. Um, he was incredible. And, and so obviously Rockets fans, if they were watching last season, got to see spurts of him in his rookie season. He didn't play at the beginning of this year with Cleveland. He was incredible down in the G League bubble. Um, I, I know the Rockets seem really anxious to get him, get him back, and we're really anxious to see him hopefully take the floor on Thursday for the first time. Uh, Coach Silas seems really high on him as well. I briefly worked with him in Cleveland too. I was there when he was drafted. So I was actually his very first draft interview, my little claim to fame with Kevin Porter Jr. I was oh, in I a, love like, it dark corner because he was technically the bucks pick so we couldn't even really talk to him but we got him for like a minute and a half in the corner um but he's a good kid too i I, no matter like from my experience with him a really genuine kid i've talked a lot with lindsey gottlieb the female assistant coach in cleveland she had incredible relationship with him still does speaks nothing but high praises of kevin porter jr um when I actually left for Houston, he sent me a really nice message, like thanking me for the time that I interviewed. Uh, no, incredible. No, oh. seriously, so nice. Came up. I was talking to uh, Cleveland people last year when we were there getting ready to go on the bus and I someone tapped me on the shoulder. It was him. Gave me a hug. Like it was like so nice. So good to see you. Just like 
you know, you forget sometimes that he's a kid too, right? He's 19. He is still learning the ropes. He, you think about when you were 19 and what you were doing, I can't even imagine being in his shoes. So, um, I'm excited for him. I obviously have high hopes. I've had nothing but a good experience with experiences with him in the past. And I'm looking forward to having him as part of this organization and seeing what he can do. And I know the Rockets fans out there who have watched his performances so far in the G league are feeling the same way. Um, I don't want to put too high of a pressure on him because I don't want everyone to be like, to come in and save this team. And he's going to be, um, the best thing that we've ever had. But I, I do think he has a really bright future. And I think that he could, do really, really well here. It'll be great when he's the fourth Rocket in uh, Rockets history to win an MVP award. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, the expectations. I'm talking. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Let, let's go ahead and we've we've got a handful of uh, Twitter questions here that I've picked out for us. So uh, let's go ahead and knock out a few of these to, to round things out. Um, so from at Chris underscore Davis, um, what is the biggest flex that you could brag about since being with the Rockets? I saw this on Twitter and I honestly had a really hard time. I don't know if I have a flex. I don't know. There's nothing I can think of. I was really trying to think <laughs> of, I mean, I think maybe if I was traveling more, I would have been able to like tell you more stories, but I only, I got my season cut short last year. I've been stuck yeah. here in Houston inside like everybody else. So um, I don't know that I have a flex and I wish I did. Okay, all right, that's fair. I'm sorry, Chris, no flex today. I'm Maybe sorry, a Chris. flex in the future. I wish <laughs> I did, but I don't. I'm not as cool as you think. <laughs> all right, well, we'll go. We'll move on. So the first one was a dud. So let's all go right. on to our next one uh, from at Brian D. Um, funniest NBA player that you've interviewed? Funniest player that I've interviewed. So I think it goes back to my time in Cleveland. We had a cast of characters that season. Channing Frye was in his final year and he was <laughs> living his best life. And I don't know if, if any of you have listened to the, his podcast Road Trip and now he's on TNT a lot more, but he is a character. He's super funny. I did one interview sitting down with him and actually Tristan Thompson, and we were judging the fashion on their team and they had me in tears. So um, they were great. They were hysterical. Jordan Clarkson is another guy that I worked with there who was super funny. Um, I'd probably say between those three. Okay, I like it. All right, so so no so no funny rockets. I'm seeing, or is there a who? Or I guess if we had to, let, let's let's narrow the the scope a little bit. Who's the funniest rocket that you've interviewed, or rocket Probably related? Daniel Junior. Okay, he's a character, but I okay. We have to put these things into perspective, right? Like I haven't been around the team this year, so I don't have the yeah. unique standpoint of that I would have had last year, where I was around them a lot more, getting to experience them a lot more. So I'm basing it off of my experiences in the past, just because I'm seeing Zoom interviews like everyone else. Okay, so, all right, there we go. Challenges I, of 2020, 2021 season. I, I like and I like the provided context. That's what we've yes. got to do. We've got to provide context around these things. Um, now, this is one that I was excited about. You know, we you know reading this one because I'm really interested to see uh, where you go with this one. But from at Andre Britton eighty seven, um, what's it like sharing the desk with Rockets legend Calvin Murphy? <laughs> Calvin is one of the best people I've ever met. I've just literally said to people, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Calvin's my best friend in Houston. 
Like he, we, <laughs> he is the best person I've ever met. And I didn't really get to build my relationship with Calvin until the restart when I was at the desk with him for the whole restart. And then the beginning of the season, I worked a lot with him at the desk. And now coming into the second half, I think out of, I think we have, we have 37 games, I believe. 37, is that correct? 38, 37? Somewhere around there. I don't know around the number there. right off the top of my head. I should. I think I'm doing, we have 37. I think I'm hosting 33 with him. So I'm really excited for that. Um, we just have built this connection. That's so fun. He's actually from Norwalk, Connecticut, which is about 15 minutes from where I grew up. So we understand the area that we came from. Um, the, I mean, his high school is Calvin Murphy Way is the street out there where I used to play, had game volleyball and basketball games at Norwalk High. So um, he's always showing me old pictures, but I, you know, you honestly don't know what he's ever going to say. And it's made me honestly a better host because I truly never know what is going to come out of his mouth. And it's funny and it's enjoyable and he has me laughing and sometimes he starts laughing and I can't stop laughing and I'm trying to get it together. But my, my peak Calvin moment was actually in the restart. He sometimes forgets and I apologize, Calvin, for calling you out here, but that when we go under a graphic, our mics are still on and I'm usually the one leading us through the graphic and tossing it to him. And his phone was ringing and he picked <laughs> up his phone and he, I think he just thought that his mic goes off. I don't know, but he picked up his phone. He's like, I'm on air. Like I can't talk. And I'm literally just trying to get through the graphic without busting out into laughing because obviously no one knows what's going on next to me, but Calvin is answering his phone on it, like live on air. Uh, so he's just the best. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about Calvin. He keeps me on my toes. I think I keep him on his toes a little bit too. So we just have a ton of fun together. Well, I remember there was that moment where uh, he was, uh, what, what was it? You had either called him out on his suit or something. What was it? It wasn't the pineapple suit. It was New Year's well, Eve, right? New Year's, yes. I mean, I expected him to bring his A game. It's New Year's. It's like the Calvin Murphy holiday. And he came in a pretty subtle suit. And so I had worn sparkles thinking that I got to at least compete with him. And he was, I mean, he didn't let me live it down for the next three weeks at least. I mean, he said everyone was calling him saying that I outshined him and he was not having it. And it was, yeah, it turned into a whole debacle. But I, you think New Year's, you think Calvin is just going to crush it with sparkles and he didn't. So I had to, I had to let him know. It's the inverse. He's, he's, he's sparkly and fancy every other day of the year, except for New Year's. That's when he wears the toned down suit. Of exactly. course, it's got to go that way. <laughs> I know. Oh, he let me down. Um, all right, so let's go. We've got our very last one here. I apologize. Two more, two more. The first one okay. from at Don Knock. Better player in five years, Kevin Porter Jr. or Tyler Harrow? We're putting you on the spot. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Porter Jr. I like it. I like the homer pick. I'm going with it too. I Homer pick, but also like I feel, and I felt this way for a while, that we've only seen like a small sample of Tyler Hero, really. Like we, even this season, I feel like we haven't gotten the full scope of Tyler Hero. And of course he was inc really incredible in the bubble, but the bubble environment is different than the NBA. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see his progression over the next few years. I understand why people are really high on him, but I, I have a hard time judging the performances in the bubble, knowing that it's not real life, right? It's not yeah. what it's like all the time. So I'm going to go with Kevin Porter Jr. All right. I like it. I, I appreciate that pick. And I'm sure uh, Don Knock appreciates it as well. Now, from our very last one, um, 
Norman, I can't use your. All right, I, I know who this is. I'm not gonna say his at because it's a weird at. Why do you have two Twitter accounts, man? Um, so from at Norman Tanaka from his other Twitter account, can you still get buckets, Kaylee? Well, I haven't played five on five in a while, but I can certainly mm-hmm. shoot still. I'm good for a game of horse. Um, you know, I, I feel like if I got a good run in, I could, you know, I, I'm uh, supposedly taking the first shot at the Toyota center soon. So just we'll really, the pressure will be on then to see if I can still knock down my free throws. Gotta sink but it. But I think, I mean, there have been a few times where I've been like ready to lace them up when the Rockets are not hitting threes. I'm like, give me the ball guys. I'm, I'm ready to go. Hey, there's a lot of people that wanted you playing center last year. So, I mean, we're, we're right there with you. Um, yeah. love it. I, I think I could though. I think I could. Good. All right. Well, I, I appreciate the confidence. It's incredible. Kaylee, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be here with us to, you know, give us a, a glimpse inside your life and what you're like, your personality, um, as well as your, your thoughts, your insight on the team. It has been wonderful having you here on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jackson. I appreciate it. All right. Is there anything that you want to plug before we get you out of here? Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, it's at Kaylee Griffin. Really simple. Not a lot of that you need to figure out besides my name. Um, that's really where I only update anything. I have a Facebook, but I or a Facebook work page. I never update it. So if you want to find the updates, Twitter, Instagram, that's where I'll be. Awesome. Again, Kaylee, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed our episode with Rockets courtside reporter Kaylee Griffin for today's show. That is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.